Well, you tell you guys, yeah, wave and something around you, say, we love the Lord, yeah, wave, there you go, you guys are doing well. Good to see everybody, good to see all the new faces. You guys are very serious this morning, you know. Is it, is it because we haven't had water for so long in peace? On Saturday and yesterday, we sat down in our home and we thought, wow, where are we? <laughs> no chilling, no electricity, no water, felt like we're back on the farm again. But um, yeah, we, uh, we thank God for His grace and His mercy upon our lives. And uh, I'm sorry, but God's doing just a couple of announcements. Uh, don't forget that youth has started up on Friday nights again. Brandon, we had a bumper crowd on Friday night. The kids had such a job. So it's really good. And uh, on Sunday the 20th, my um, Sunday school will be opening again. And so obviously, again, it will be limited to so far 50, 50 kids. Um, so you need to uh, get out of Nicola if you want to book for that Sunday. Um, but don't forget, it will be probably the 10 o'clock service will be in the Sunday school. Um, so we'll see how that works out, maybe the 9 o'clock as well. We're all depending on this week. Next week, I think, um, our president hopefully is going to announce that we can go to larger capacity and to state level 1 after the 15th. So let's hope, old thumbs, that we can open up. Um, we've endured much, <laughs> but we, we will. We won't complain. And then also, just don't forget, um, that uh, we'll be having a pre-meeting on Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. We'll be meeting at the Town property, the new building in Town. We'll be going to spend some time in prayer, so ask you guys if you can. Just come and join us out there on Tuesday evening, or Wednesday evening, sorry, at 6 o'clock. We're going to spend some time in prayer. Then just a, a special shout-out to Jesse and Donna Wisprom. They uh, started their first church service this morning in Prague. So Destiny Prague is up and running with the Sproms this morning. It's, uh, it's Vision Sunday for them. We're really excited that they're from us. And, uh, we started all God doing all the way in Europe. So, yeah, you cannot limit God what He wants to do in our lives. Amen. This morning, I want to chat a little bit around in the waiting. And uh, I have, this, I have this, this fear in me right now that it's almost like we haven't taken time to find out what God really wants in our lives in this season. And I've been talking about my message, the waiting. And I've been talking that because I think. In the last week, I've had one of those aha moments, you know, with God, and just like God speaking to me and just telling myself, just in a sense, clearing the deck and chatting around some stuff and, you know, being open and honest with each other, and, and not in a bad way, but in a good way, just what we out of the house yet, she still asks me. But, but it's been a good season for us, it's been a good season for, for many people if you journeyed this, this COVID um, epidemic or pandemic or whatever they call it. But I, I get so afraid that in the waiting of the last six months is that we haven't taken time to fully discover what God wants to do in our lives. I think we've been so time so confused or so consumed with what is happening out there and government-wise and, you know, TV tenders and Black Lives Matter movements and whatever, all these crazy things that are happening that I think often as the church we've been distracted from the season that we're in. And I believe, this is my opinion, but I believe that God hasn't ended the pandemic because we haven't learned what we needed to learn in the season. I, um, in the last few weeks in, in this pandemic that we're in, I started to notice some stuff about myself. Let me share about myself, who, what COVID has taught me. 
God has taught me a few things, and it's this, that I'm one of those people that go from 0 to 100 in three seconds. You know what I'm talking about. You know, if it's worrying, if it's work, if it's whatever I do, when I mow the lawn, it looks like I'm taking part in the lawnmower Formula One. So I don't know why I need to rush so fast. And when I speak, the car says to me, slow down, slow down. I'm the guy that stops the mouth break three seconds before it's finished. I was switch off the kettle just before it boils because it's just taking too long. Who knows what I'm talking about? You know, there's a few of us, you know. And, and, and in the season, I, this week, I started speaking to me, what are you rushing for? And, and, I, and, I, and as I sat down and I really thought about what I'm doing, I saw that it started to affect even my quiet time, my life with God. That even in my quiet time, I was rushing. Even in my quiet time, I was like, I just want to pray the prayers that I need to pray and, and I read the scripture that I need to pray and, or, or read and, and get my pen out and write out a couple of notes. And all of a sudden, this head of mine gets so busy that I never have time just to reflect on what God is doing. I mean, even my poor creepy crawly battles, you know? My poor creepy crawly, I'll help it along the pool because I just think at times, no, that's right. It doesn't matter. Um, I just think at times, you know, that uh, the creepy crawly just takes too long, you know? Who knows what it does? It just doesn't clean the way I want it to clean, you know? And so I drag the creepy crawly around in a sense because I need to clean faster. And I start to look at some other life, which always says, don't you need to slow down? But the thing is, with us and people, Dean, you know what I'm speaking about? When people say to me, speak slower, this is what it sounds like. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, when I mow the lawn, I say, slow down, but it feels like I'm doing this. <laughs> That's how it feels. And, and, and the craziness is that I, I start to realize that even in my quiet time, even in my time with God, even in my, my preparation, is that I've always put this limit because I'm rushing towards nothing. Do you know, we've been locked down for months. I mean, I'll get up in the morning, get dressed, get child, brush my teeth like I'm, I'm racing, I end up bleeding, dumping clothes, you know? And then I'll get dressed and I'm like, okay, what? But no. And, and I think as many church believers, as many people, we've come to that place where we're not spending time with God. We're not slowing down and saying, God, what is it that you wanted us to learn in the season? What is it that you wanted to speak to us about in the season? Even in our marriages, we, we tend to rush, we tend to get into a habit. You know, Shantala myself said the other day, we were speaking this weekend, we saying, it's so easy just to come home and quickly grab a cup of coffee and sit on the bed and just watch sport all weekend. And, and, and everything else is falling apart around you and around the house. You know, you're like, when are you going to get to the back door that's been broken for a month, two months, three months? But it's so easy to get into this habit of just being busy, into the habit of I'm not doing what God has called us to do. And I really believe it's a season right now where we need to slow down. Because I don't believe this pandemic can go away until we until the church hears what God is trying to say to us right now. And we're so busy listening to every other prophet out there and every other person out there that's doing this or doing that and whatever it is that we haven't spent time with ourselves. We haven't spent time in reflection. Listen to me carefully. I'm not speaking about your family. I'm not speaking about church life. I'm speaking about you. I'm a person, I hate spending time by myself. I'm a people's person. I, I need to be with people. And it's been a tough thing for me because I've had to learn to slow down I've had to learn to be content with myself, be content with who I am, 
but also allow God to be able to speak into my life in what it is that he needed. And um, in the season that Vivian and I uh, started just reading on, on the prophet Elijah, Elijah, um, and just really thinking, you know, what is God trying to say to us through him? And we all know the story of Elijah, and, and you can go read in 1 Kings, I think it's 1 Kings 17 and 1 Kings 18. But it really comes to a time where, where the country is in absolute chaos, and King Ahab is in charge, and they're just doing their own thing, and they, they've thrown out God in worship in a sense, and they're visit, uh, visiting our. Um, Worshiping the spirit of Baal, and, and so the land is in chaos. And it's almost like nobody's listening to what the prophets have said. In, in, in the interim, Jezebel and wife just slaughtering every prophet of God, one after the next. And God starts to speak to Elijah, and He says to, to Elijah, I, I want you, Elijah, sorry, Elijah, I want you to go, I want you to speak to the king. And I just want to pick it up in, in verse 17, uh, chapter 17, verse 1. And it says, And Elijah the Tisabite, of the inhabitants of Galilee said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. And so you've got to understand something, that because the country was in such chaos, what happened is that God sent the prophet Elijah and he said, I need you to go speak to the king, for in the sense that nothing is going to change until he changes. And if he doesn't change, then I will bring about the change. And, and when I read this, I think we, we're so in the season in our country right now. You know, and, and I'm not just the politics, but we've seen how much has been revealed, how much our infrastructures are lacking, how much our government is struggling to make ends meet, how medical uh, hospitals just don't function under a pandemic, how people are getting divorced one after the next. Why? Because they've never taken time to, to say, Father, what is it that you desire of me in the season? And as for me and my house, you know, are we going to serve you and are we going to serve you in spirit and in truth? Or are we just going to do the Christian thing? And it's easy for us to do the Christian thing. It's easy for us to pop into church. It's easy for us to read the Word of God. It's easy for us to, to say a couple of prayers. But how many of us are seeking God with all of our heart? Because I believe we're in this time right now where God is warning us once again to put your life in order, to put the church in order, to put policies and governments in order. Because if we don't, He's going to do it. And Elijah goes to the king and he says to him in chapter verse 2, he says, And then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Go away from me, I turn east with the high in the brook Jericho, which flows through the river Jordan. And so God says to him, I want you to speak this word, but as you go to speak this word, I want you to go wait for me. It's a crazy thing. Because often God speaks a word to us and we don't go and wait upon God. We don't say, Father, what is it you need me to do? What is it that I need to journey? I mean, Elijah had no idea that it would be a journey of three years for him. And the first place God says to him, I need you to flee because they're going to come after you and I need you to go to the brook. And they will take care of him. We read the word where it says that God took care of him every single day, right before he breakfast and supper, that the river was there sustaining him. And even when the river started to run dry, God says, well, I need you to move right now. I need you to go to the widow's home. Widows that had nothing. And as Elijah walked in there, all of a sudden things started to turn. And in the waiting, God was still doing amazing things in Elijah's life. He was still seeing a dead boy being raised. He was still seeing flour being multiplied that quickly there wasn't the end to it. You know, the ravens brought him meat and bread. We don't know where it got from. It must have been from the castle of the palace. Think about it. But he waited. And I've never seen this before, but as I read through the story, 
And as I started to journey this thing, I, I, I looked at Elijah leaving, Elijah leaving, and when I went to where he actually confronts him again. And I realized that as much as the three years was for King Ahab to get his life together, God was busy doing something astronomical in the life of Elijah. Because he gave him a plan. And he said, well, this is how it's going to end. And this is where we're going to go. And this is how things are going to change. And this is how things are going to turn around for you. But he had to come to that place of being still before God. Are we just going to be two years from now and still be stuck in the same place? Are we still going to be in debt two years from now? Or has this COVID taught us something? Are we going to stay unhappily, happily married for the rest of our lives? Or are we going to speak about things to each other? Are you just going to sit in church every single Sunday and never going to see a miracle, never going to see a salvation, never going to see anybody baptized, never going to see anybody come to the knowledge of Jesus? Because we can easily do that. We can easily just become so complacent in our season before we know it, our days and months and years are going by and nothing starts to happen. And when God rocks up and God starts to do what He needs to do, then we want to throw our toys out of the box. Oh, but God, this is not fair, God. Oh, but what happened? You do this to me. You know, why did this happen? And this happened, and this happened, and that happened to me. If there's one thing I've learned through COVID, and it's this that if I let God be in control of my life, I cannot be in control of my life. I cannot want to co manage my life with Him. And when things happen, things happen for a reason. And there's one thing that, that I can give myself a pat on the back is that before COVID, I must say I went off the edge whenever something went wrong. I always saw the worst of everything. I always thought death was around the corner. When something broke, it was an attack from the enemy over my life. And he was trying to rob me, or God was trying to punish me. And during this season, I've learned that everything's going to be okay. That if God is in control, then let him be in control. And if he's in control, then listen to what he needs to say and what he wants to say to you and me. And Elijah, Elijah, sorry, Elijah eventually goes and chapter 18 returns to the king. And God started to speak to him. And so I'm going to just pick it up here quickly in verse 17, chapter 18. 18, chapter 18, verse 17. And it says, And then it happened that when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Is it you, O troublemaker of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house and your government that has forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed Baal. And I like the way that, that Ahab responds because whenever we're in crisis, it's always someone else's fault. That God gives him three years to sort out his mess. God gives him three years to confront the issues that they have. And actually, in verse chapter 17, it says that he sent out men to all corners of the earth to look for Elijah. See, he wanted to kill the problem, he didn't want to solve the problem. And this is the problem that you and I have, especially in church life, is that we want to kill the problem, but we don't want to learn from the problem. It's okay when someone else goes through difficulty, or someone else goes through unemployment, or someone else goes through a divorce, or someone else's kid needs to go to rehab. It's great when it happens to them. 
But when it happens to us, we want God to end it immediately. Why? Because we want to serve a God of the immediate. You know, we want to serve a God of the instant. We, we don't want to wait three years for it to rain. We don't want to wait two months or three months for God to reveal His purpose and His plan for us. We want it now. You know, if I go to McDonald's and I stop there and I give him my order, you know, a minute later, well, that's a really bad example. Five minutes later, at least, you know, you're going to get your food. And in church life, we love that. Have you heard Jesus people pray? Have you heard Jesus people pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, I command you to heal right now. We love commanding God what to do. We love telling Him what to do. Well, God, you sort out my business, and you sort out my marriage, and you sort out my son, and you sort out my church. And we say that because we don't want to wait. We don't want God to restore things in our life. We don't want God to make us whole again. We don't want to come to the place where all of a sudden we want to know God. We read in Matthew 16 where, where Jesus turns around and he says to Simon, he says something, he says, Who do men say that I am? And he says, You are the Christ, the Messiah. Not a Messiah, the Messiah. And why did Peter get that? Because it was a personal revelation that he had seen and saw what Jesus had done. And, and immediately Jesus changed his name from, from Simon to Peter. And we don't understand that when God's about to do great things in us, there has to come a change in us. I don't want this COVID to end and for us to be in the same place we were before. I don't want this COVID to end and for us to be in a worse position than we were before. We've had time to sort out our marriages. We've had time to sort out relationships. We've actually had time to try and sort out our businesses and our finances. We've had time to sort out our church and our belief system. We've had time to spend more time with God than we ever had before in our lives. And if the president stands up next week, Tuesday, says, well, you know, we go to level one and life carries on as normal. What has this pandemic taught you, if anything? And it worries me. It worries me because we can go back to the same old things. We can go back to the same old marriage. We can go back to back and we can go back to a job that we hate. Our people carry on doing what they're doing. Our church will, will just continue and sing a couple of songs and a couple of announcements and a word and we'll walk out of here. This has to be a season where God wants to heal. You see, in the season that Elijah found himself is that God gave him this amazing strategy. And I'm not going to read it, but you can go there. But God says to him, well, this is what I need you to do. And it's not written there, but I know that the fact that the minute that he speaks, he comes in front of King Ahab, he's got a plan. And he says, well, this is what's going to happen. Tell you what. You bring your 450 and your other 400 prophets because I'm the only prophet left in the whole of Israel. And sometimes we feel like that. We feel like we're the only one that's thinking some stuff. We think we're the only one that's going through some stuff. But he says, this is what we're going to do. And he calls him all of the mountain. We know the story. And he says, right. This is what we do. You're going to build the altar. He has a cow for you. He has a cow for you. He has a cow for me. But he starts to drop this with the people. He says, And Elijah came to all the people, verse 21, 
And how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal is, follow Him. But the people answered Him not a word. And we've got to get to that place for others, God of everything, who is God of nothing in my life. You see, I don't want to pray anymore what God needs to do in my life. I need to pray for what God's will is for my life. Because I can stand on the stage and be another 20 years. And I can preach another 20,000 sermons if I have to. But if I don't have that encounter with God, I will never change. And, and the church, God is asking that question again. How long will you falter between two opinions again? Is he God indeed or is there God in need? Because if he's a God indeed, then whatever you give and place in front of him is will bring you life. But he's only a God in need. You know what it is? It's a selfish thing that we keep on expecting God to do for us. And I don't want to have a God in need. I don't want to falter between two opinions. Because there's going to come a day with that which we have has to be placed in an altar. Corinthians says that which you have built will be tested, will be tested by fire. He says men will build a hay, wooden stubble, but the others will build a precious stone, gold and silver. And we know that what we build with wood, hay and stubble gets consumed by fire, but we know that precious stone, gold and silver get more purified by fire. And we need to look at what we're building right now and what the altar looks like in your life and in my life. We know the story. It says the prophets of Baal came, all 850 of them, and they cried out and they cut themselves and they threw themselves along the ground and rolled and begged. From sunrise to sunset, nothing happened. Not even a little spark. Not even a little spark. I love verse 30. It says this, and after that, Daniel was obviously nothing happened. Elisha, the Baal, the Rath suffers and says, And then Elisha said to all the people, Come near to me. So that all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. I think we're going to learn something there quickly. Because what is an altar? An altar is a place of sacrifice, but it's a place of worship. Amen. Prophetically, we're in the season again. We're faltering between two opinions. Let me tell you something, we look around and we go, oh, our government has been exposed in this thing, and our health care has been exposed in this thing. But you look around the world, how the church and leaders have been exposed in this thing as well. And God is not going to let us fall between two opinions anymore. He doesn't want that. You see, whatever we bring to the altar, it has to be a place of worship. It has to be something that we're going to bring to God. And it's not our needs, it's not what is our problems. Sometimes it's just our worship that He needs. So he restored the broken altar. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of twelve sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. And then with these stones he built the altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around it, altar large enough to hold two shears of seed. And we know how it carries on. But he cries out to God and he says, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Let it be known this day that you are God of Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things 
in your word. Wow. I think there's that time coming in our lives. And we know many people are speaking about the return of Christ and the end of the world. And, you know, certain belief systems believe that 2022, the world's coming to an end and all this crazy stuff. But there was a very simple thing. And I love the way he puts it together because I think at the end of the days, we're not going to, as we as I've been journeying and just learning to slow down a little bit more, these words for this, they even underline in my Bible here. And it says, let the world know. He said that you are God in Israel, and I'm your servant. And he said, you are my God, and I'm your servant, and I've only done what is according to your word. That's massive. Can I say that at the end of time? Can I walk out of this pandemic and say, Father, I just want to thank you that you caused this pandemic. The world has looked at me and they see me and they know that you are the only God that I have. I've only done and been a servant to you. And more than anything, Father, I've only done what you would have told me to. What has God told you to do in this season? How many of us have asked God what he needs us to do in the season? What does the next few months look like to you? What does the next few months look like to you? We're all wishing 2020 away. Let me tell you something. Yeah, you're all sitting here, all of you. Remember 2018? Remember we said we don't want another year like 2018? 2019 rocked up? with a couple of steroids in it and we thought, oh Lord we don't want another 2019 that's where we are now 2020, that's what we say oh Lord, we don't want another 2020 maybe this will be the third year where the drought is over maybe 2021 will be the year where abundant rain will come to the church and the presence of God will fall and the church will rise up and be counted amongst the nations again. For the name of God will be declared these nations, these nations that are running to sign peace treaties with Israel right now. I pray in Jesus' name that this will be one of those nations. I pray in Jesus' name that this will be one of those nations. I pray that God will speak to our leaders. In closing, Philippians 4, verse 4, says this. And I love this. I'm going to read out the message Bible. Because it just spoke to me so powerfully. But it says this. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of your life. And don't you love that? Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of your life. Let joy overflow, for you are united with the anointed one. You are anointed with the anointed one. You're with the anointed one. Let, let generation be seen in every relationship. For our Lord is, is even sorry, our Lord is even here. Even here. Don't be pulled in different directions or worry about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day. Offering your faithful request to God with overflowing gratitude. Telling every detail of your life. 
And then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answer known to you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Maybe we just need to change our attitude. Maybe we need to slow down a little bit. I know I need to slow down. I know I exhaust my wife and I exhaust my family. I exhaust my staff. I don't know. I just want to get out of the season different. I want to get out of the season better. It doesn't matter what we journeyed. It doesn't matter what the world said to us. At the end of the day, I want to be like Elijah. Elijah, sorry. That stands in front of the sacrifices. God, there's a few things I want this world to know. One, that you are God. Two, that I'm here to serve you. And three, that I'm only done with you what is required of me. Can you say that? Can we, can we write that on our cupboard door? Can, can we put it in our kitchen, on our fridge? May the world seek you in me. May they know that I serve you. And may they know that everything that I do is according to your word. Imagine if we get that into our heads and into our kids' heads, our life will change forever. Can we stand?
Would you allow God to be in control? God needs to do what He needs to do. And so come Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Just come, break every yoke of bondage. Right now, in Jesus' name. Break every stronghold in our lives. We come against the spirit of lethargy and complacency. And I pray that you fire us up. Fire us up anew and fresh this morning. I pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Have a great day. Have a great week. We are believe it's going to rain more, but pray for rain in the dams. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed day. See you soon.